welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. You already know who it is, but just in case you didn't know, it's your boy. I'm Mitch Wilson, riding solo today, but that's okay. Got a great show for you. Please don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Please give us a follow. We got a great show for you today. So let's get it right into it. So, so on today's show, we got Shannon Sharp officially joins First Take and Stephen A. Smith. We have a couple big upsets in college football we're going to go over. One of those upsets being Colorado over TCU and Coach Prime and his effect on college football. Chris Jones is obviously not going to be there for week one. How frustrating is that? Travis Kelsey... Oh my goodness, Hyper extends his knee two days before the first game, which is Thursday night. How can the Chiefs recover from Chris Jones and possibly Travis Kelsey not being there? And how are they going to move forward? And obviously, the NFL is back, baby! So excited. Week one preview. Going to preview a couple games and I will go through and tell you the teams I think are going to win, the teams I think are going to lose. So let's get in right into it. So, man, two huge upsets in college football this past weekend. You had Duke beats Clemson. And no, I'm not talking basketball. I'm talking college football. Duke upsets Clemson. Number nine, Clemson. Clemson played a absolutely horrific game. They turned the ball over too many times in the red zone, and it plainly looked like Duke just wanted it more. Duke executed at a higher level and did not turn the ball over. Clemson, I don't know who the quarterback is, but I tell you what, he needs to be able to take care of the ball, especially in the red zone. I believe they had three or four turnovers in the red zone, two picks and two fumbles. So Clemson has got to learn to take care of the ball or they are going to find themselves in in this position quite often. But I'll tell you what, the way Duke came out and the, the way they played at home, getting fired up, because, you know, anytime you have a team like Duke and Clemson, Clemson is supposed to clearly be the better team. The longer you give a team like Duke a chance in that game, the longer that goes on, the more they think they can win. And Duke went out and got them probably – had their probably biggest upset in program history. Now let's get to the big upset, the thing that everyone is talking about. Colorado upsets number 17 TCU at TCU. Coach Prime in his FBS coaching debut gets the dub 45-42. Three guys on my team stood out. Obviously, you got Shador Sanders who threw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. And he is a dog, okay? You got Travis Hunter, who was the number one recruit in the country a few years ago. Plays both sides of the ball. Played like 130-some-odd snaps. Had 119 yards receiving and a pick to prevent a touchdown. Travis Hunter is a bona fide star. And then you have the four-star recruit, Dylan Edwards, who who was committed to go to Notre Dame and ended up flipping his commitment to go to Colorado. He's in his freshman season. He had over 100 yards receiving and three touchdowns. All three of these guys, because of their performance, you could argue 
all three of these guys deserve to be in the Heisman hunt. And I'll say, undoubtedly, Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter deserve to be in the Heisman conversation. I know it's only one week, okay? So we're not going to say – I'm not saying that they they should be chilling at the crib like Deion said. I'm not going to take it that far. But when you have a kid in Shador who played at an HBCU, comes to a Power 5 school, and in the first game throws for over 500 yards – and I'll tell you what impressed me the most is his pinpoint accuracy. He was on point almost every single throw. And I'm just, and I'm not just talking about you know five ten around you know five yard ten yard slants out. I'm talking he was putting the ball in the perfect spot on the deep balls almost every single time. That should not surprise people because he is Coach Prime's son and Travis Hunter, who I would say is very lucky and smart that he went to go play with Dion because Dion's probably the only coach that would allow him to play on both sides of the ball. And to have an athlete like that to be able to play both sides and have such an impact, the one thing I like about what Dion said is he said that the only way he'll consider allowing you to play two ways is you have to show that you are dominant on one side of the ball. And Travis Hunter has obviously proved that he's dominant on both sides of the ball. You get a pick, and you go for over 119 yards receiving. And he would have had more, but he dropped he dropped a ball in the first half that was probably 30, 40 yards. So if he catches that ball, you're looking at maybe 160. So Travis Hunter is an absolute baller. Shador is a baller. I will say it'll be really interesting because the Pac-12 have a bunch of good quarterbacks. You got Shador. You got Caleb Williams. You got a bunch of other guys, a kid at Oregon. So it's going to see how this shakes out. And I will say, because of Colorado's win, expectations now change. Colorado, if they make a bowl game, that will, that will be tremendous. But also, because they beat TCU, if they can continue to get better and really compete against the USC's and the Oregon's and, they, and getting a couple of those dubs, you could possibly find this team at 9 or 10 wins. But if this team can get to a bowl game, that would be absolutely fantastic for Dion. And I know that's probably not what Dion wants to hear because he's probably shooting for, you know, 10, 11 wins. But I tell you what, the thing that Dion has proven is that his greatness translates from athlete to coach. He was dominant at the high school level. He was dominant and elite at the college level. He was elite and arguably the best defensive player to ever play in the NFL. And there are not very many guys that I can think of who are Hall of Fame type players and not just in football, in any sport that went on to be great coaches because those guys are so good. A lot of them don't have the patience coach other people because they they don't pick up on things and they just don't do things a certain way. A lot of people don't know this, but Deion Sanders has been coaching Shador since Shador was like four years old. So he's technically, even though he hasn't been coaching at the college level, but he's been coaching for the last, you know, 15 years. Started in Texas, Shiloh. And and that's also a big reason why Dylan Edwards flipped his, his commitment from Notre Dame to Colorado because Dylan Edwards played for Deion Sanders when he was like four to, I think, four to eight years old, something like that. So that's how Deion was able to get that commitment. So Deion has been coaching for a long time, and he has 
the patience, and the demeanor. And he is the ultimate motivator. I mean, you take a guy that is elite pro football Hall of Famer that can motivate and connect with people. That's what you need to be a great college coach. He's going to recruit because he's Dion, a.k.a. Coach Prime. His coaching staff is unbelievable. You know, Warren Sapp even said he was visiting Colorado uh, the week before their first game, and he talked about the, the level of coaching at Colorado is absolutely insane. He didn't even have that, that type of coaching in college. So the coaching staff is in play. Now he's gonna he has the athletes to win. Like I said a few minutes ago, Deion Sanders has proved his greatness has translated into coaching. And the thing that I can respect about Deion, there's very few people that can talk that talk, but also walk that walk. And Deion does both. Super excited for Coach Prime in Colorado. I can't wait to see what they do as they continue to go on this season. I wish them nothing but the best. I tell you what, if somehow Dion gets to nine or ten wins this year and you're talking about Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter in the Heisman conversation, that will be the best turnaround in college football history. Plain and simple. So I've been switching gears to the NFL. Chris Jones, bro. Come on, man. I know you want to get paid, but I thought you also wanted to win multiple championships. So if you wanted to win multiple championships, you understand that you can get paid, but you're probably not going to be the highest paid D tackle. Okay. So I tell you what, this has really shocked me. This is the longest hold I've ever seen from a Chiefs player ever in my whole entire life. I really hope they, they can get this deal done. But if this deal is not done soon, I almost think that the Chiefs will franchise tag Chris Jones and then they'll, they'll, they'll franchise tag him and they'll sign and trade him because this is just getting to be ridiculous. Like, I know he wants a raise, but, like, my thing is, is there's no way that they can pay Chris Jones Aaron Donald money and – still be competitive with the cap. I mean, that's just impossible. However, I will say Nick Bosa just got his deal done today. That was breaking news. I want to say five years, $170 million and $122 million guaranteed. He is a defensive end, but maybe that can maybe set some new parameters for what Chris Jones wants. So hopefully they get this done. I really hope they can get this done because Chris needs to be on the field as soon as possible. Travis Kelsey. Hyperextends his knee. Luckily, the ligaments are intact, and and they're calling it now a bone bruise. So they said he will is questionable for the game on Thursday. I'm really hoping that I'm really hoping Travis Kelsey can play, but I would rather Travis sit out one week and come back week two and be 100% healthy than try to push it for Thursday night against the Lions and not come and not come out of that game healthy. I will say. If Travis Kelsey does not play against the Lions, we will get to see the new arc and evolution of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick has played all of his games with Travis Kelsey on the field except for one. I'm sorry, except for two. The first game was when he started in his rookie season when the Chiefs had the had the uh, division wrapped up and Alex Smith was a starter. The other was in 2021. Travis didn't play because of COVID. What did he do in that game? That Travis wasn't on the field because of COVID. Well, he went for, I believe, 343 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. As long as 15's back there, the Chiefs absolutely have a shot. 
I'm not trying to take nothing away from Travis Kelsey because he's arguably the best tight end of all time. But with 15 back there, you always have a good shot to win. And I think the next evolution of Patrick Mahomes is going to be life without Travis Kelsey. And so if Travis does not play Thursday night, this will be a little preview as to what the offense would look like without Travis Kelsey. And I will say I'm really excited for Noah Gray to get the opportunity to step up into that role. I'm a big fan of Noah Gray. Uh, he's been with the, uh, the team now for, I believe, th- three years. I think he's in year three now. And I really like his ability to catch the ball run. He's very much, I would say, a finesse, Travis-like tight end, good hands, good route running ability. So I'm looking forward to if Travis doesn't play, what type of role will Noah Gray play in the offense and what opportunities will he have to make an impact? And I tell you what, with Chris Jones not being there, it just really hurts. It obviously hurts our pass rush. And if you think about it, so you have Chris Jones, who is not there because of contract. Then you have Charles Minihu, who was signed to free agency this year, who's out the first six games. And those are our two big pass rushers. So now I tell you what, George Karloftis in year two as a first round pick is got to have is going to have to step up. King Felix Uzama, who was just drafted first round this year. It's time to put your big boy pants on. I'm going out there and try to make plays because this team needs you. Karloftis and Uzama, both first-round picks. Karloftis, first-round pick from two years ago, and Uzama was this last draft. Those guys need to step up and do big things if this Chiefs want to be good on defense because they have to generate a pass rush. Corners, I don't care how great the corners are, you cannot cover all day because eventually someone will come open. So I'm really hoping the Chiefs can get a pass rush with Uzama, Karloftis, and those guys. And this is just going to be a team effort. Patrick Mahomes is going to ball out. Defense is going to have to step up, especially Trent McDuffie, Justin Reed, Brian Cook, LeJerry C. Those guys are really going to have to play really well because without Chris Jones and Charles Abinahue, they're definitely going to be guarding those receivers maybe a tick longer. So hopefully they can step up. The atmosphere is going to be electric. The home opener at Arrowhead Stadium, releasing the banner. The atmosphere is going to be electric, and I cannot wait to watch that game. And I tell you what, when when Patrick Mahomes is the QB and Andy Reid's your head coach, you always got a good chance to win that game. So I'm super excited about that. So let's get into the rest of NFL Week 1. So you got... Blind at the Chiefs Thursday night. That is going to be a good game. I think that game is actually going to be a shootout. I think the Chiefs end up winning that game 34-28, something along those times. Chiefs get the win, but that but that game is closer than what people think. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs, you know, put up, you know, 40 because Patrick Mahomes, since he's been the starter in Kansas City, the, the lowest amount of points he has scored on week one in in the NFL seasons is 34 points. So for whatever reason, it's probably because they have the extra time to prepare. They are locked in and loaded to come week one. That is the Thursday night game. I got Chiefs over Lions Sunday. We got Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Bengals in that game. Also, we got Ravens and Texans. I'm taking Ravens all day. Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham. Zay Flowers, 
I think they're just going to be too much for the Texans to handle. Then we got Buccaneers at Vikings. I think Vikings take that game handily. You know, Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk, and JJ, and Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson. It's just going to be too much for the Tampa Bay Bucks to, to handle. This is a very interesting game. You have Panthers and Falcons. You have you have first-year quarterback Bryce Young with the Panthers against second-year man Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like this game could go either way, but I'm going to take the Falcons at home. Desmond Ritter's been in year two, and I think that the Falcons will somehow find a way to beat the Panthers. Cardinals at Commanders. I'm going to take the Commanders in this game. I really think I really like uh, Scary Terry, and I really like Jahan Dotson, the receivers for the Washington Commanders. I really like their defensive line is pretty nasty. I think Kyler Murray is just not that guy. I think the Commanders get the dub at home. Jaguars at Colts, I'm taking the Jags all day. The Prince that was promised, Trevor Lawrence, with Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, against a Colts team who is just all out of sorts right now. I think Jaguars beat Colts in Indianapolis, and I think they do it handily. 49ers at Steelers. The 49ers today, which is Wednesday of this week before Sunday's game, get Nick Bosa signed, sealed, and delivered. They have their best player on their team back now. So you have the 49ers at Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the 49ers. I think that this the San Francisco 49ers defense is just too good. The, I think the only type of games that the 49ers lose is they will lose to elite-level quarterbacks because their defense is just that dang good. We got Next game, we got Titans at the New Orleans Saints. But I tell you what, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and now D-Hop, you know what? I think I'm going to take the Titans over the Saints in a close one. Next game, we got Raiders at Broncos. This is just a dumpster fire. This one's hard to pick. I'm just going to say with Sean Payton getting the whole offseason, the last two to three weeks to prepare for the Raiders, I'm going to take Broncos because of Sean Payton's ability to game plan and win a game. Next on the docket, we got the Eagles at the Patriots. I think the Eagles take care of the Patriots handily. Eagles were runners-up in the Super Bowl last year. They are just elite all over the field. Quarterback, receiver, defense is really good. They have a great pass rush, especially with the defensive line Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter, who they added in the first round of the draft this last year. I think their pass rush is nasty, along with that great offense. I think the Eagles handled the Patriots. Next game, we got L.A. Rams at Seahawks. A big thing in this game is Cooper Cup is looking right now. It's questionable. I don't think he's going to end up playing in this game. I'll take the Seahawks at home. Geno Smith, year two after after that great comeback he had last year and that contract extension that he received, I'm liking the Seahawks at home. Now, this next game is very, very interesting. Sunday at 325 at the national televised spot, we have the Miami Dolphins at the L.A. Chargers. So you have two high-powered offenses. You have Miami with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, you have the Chargers with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Quentin Johnson, the rookie who they just drafted in the first round this year. 
This game, I think, is going to be close. I think this game probably turns into a shootout because normally it normally takes the defenses a few weeks to catch up to the offenses. I think this is this is going to be a shootout, and I think somehow the Chargers figure out a way to win because their defense is a little bit better right now because the Dolphins do not have Jalen Ramsey back and will not have him back till probably middle of the year. So I'm taking the Chargers over the Dolphins. Next game we got we got Packers and Bears. I don't think Jordan Love is that guy. I really like Justin Fields. I think he's going to take the next step. I think he has a chance to be really, really good this year. He was a top five fantasy quarterback last year, and so I'm expecting nothing but good things from him again this year. And I'll tell you what, why in the blue hell, and this is just how biased networks are, we have the Cowboys and the Giants in the Sunday night spot. What kind of crap is that? Giants are okay. Dallas, very average. I mean, you couldn't find a better game to like. Like honestly, like the Chargers Dolphins should be in the in the Sunday night spot, not the Cowboys and Giants. Okay, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys, even though I know they have a good defense. Dak, I I think Dak is very much like Alex Smith. I think. Dak can get you to the playoffs, but he's never going to get you to an NFC Championship or Super Bowl unless the defense just absolutely plays elite. So I'm taking the Giants in this game. Now, I'll tell you what, this Monday night game is going to be a barn burner. You have the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Ooh-wee. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. The Jets are going to get the dub. The Jets have a better defense. I think Garrett Wilson goes off. I think Sauce Gardner matches up with Stephon Diggs and follows him. And essentially, he's not going to shut him down. But I think that he will do enough to where that Stephon Diggs is not going to. He's not going off for over 100 yards. I, I would almost guarantee that unless there's some type of busted coverage or something like that, because Sauce Gardner is the absolute truth at cornerback, and he's the type of player that can essentially take a receiver out of a game. So I got the Jets over the Bills. Jets are at home. I'm taking the Jets. That's the wrap-up on NFL Week 1. So just to recap, we got Chiefs over Lions, Bengals over Browns, Ravens over Texans, Vikings over Buccaneers, Panthers over Falcons, Commanders over Cardinals, Jaguars over Colts, 49ers beating the Steelers, the Titans beating the Saints, the Broncos beating the Raiders, the Eagles beating the Patriots, the Seahawks over the Rams, the Chargers over the Dolphins, the Bears over the Packers, the Giants over the Cowboys, and the Jets beating the Bills. I am so excited the NFL is back, and we are so lucky to be able to watch 1-5 go out on that field prime time and do his thing. I'm super excited for that, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast. We truly appreciate it. Please don't forget to like and subscribe on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow us. And please tell everyone you know to please give this podcast a listen. Let us know what you think. And if there are certain things you want us to talk about, make sure you shoot us a message on Facebook or on Instagram. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know and we will talk about it. All right, guys. It's been fun. Again, super excited for the NFL season to be back. Please remember, 
be kind. Because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.